If we can uh, go right into the word, Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 3 and 4. As it comes up, it says this. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Verse 4. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So I want to entitle this message from the first verse, Son of Man, Can These Bones Live? There's a story of a young boy whose parents had passed away and he was grieving very deeply and he moved with his grandfather. And when he moved with his grandfather, he had to take the train into the city for school. And his father, his grandfather lived nearby where the train depot was at, which is why they sent him there and Morning for school comes along, and his grandson is just frantically getting ready, and he checks his phone. He says, the train's going to be here at 7.15. And he's running around the house, and he's trying to get ready, and he runs out, and he missed the train. Next day, comes along, and he says, all right, now I'm going to be early. And he gets up, and he's frantically getting ready again. And he, he goes to his grandfather. He says, I'm not going to be late today. And his grandfather says, son, Sit down and have some coffee with me. I don't have time, Grandpa. I got to go. The train is going to come, and I can't be late. And the grandfather's like, just sit down and have coffee with me. I guarantee you, you won't be late. No, Grandfather, you don't understand. I can't miss school again. So he runs out to the train station, and when he's there, he figures out that he was waiting for 45 minutes, and the train didn't come yet, so he thought he missed it, and he went home. And as he gets back into the house... There goes the train coming by. The third day, he gets up, and now he's all defeated. He's like, I've gone late, I've gone early, and I've missed the train both times. And his grandfather says, sit down and have coffee with me. Grandson sits down frustrated. Nothing's going right for me. I've lost my parents. I live here with you. I can't even get on the train at the right time. School, they're going to be so upset at me. And the grandfather says, sit down, sit down, sit down. And he sits down frustrated and he clonks himself in his chair. And his grandfather says, I'm going to tell you when to go to the train. And he goes, Grandpa, you haven't left this house in 40 years. You walk to the little store. You don't take the train anywhere. What do you know? Grandfather says, would you sit down with me and at least have a cup of coffee? I'll let you yell all you want. And he sits down with his grandfather, frustrated and upset, and clonks himself in the chair. and He begins to vent on everything that's going on. And he can't get to school on time. He didn't like what he was wearing. And it began to get deeper. The conversation was deeper. And he says, I'm angry right now. Why did God take my parents? Why am I in this position of life? And his grandfather says, just hearing him, and he's saying, please continue. And he kept venting, and he's crying, and, and he just doesn't know what to do with himself. And his grandfather looks down at his coffee that he hadn't drank. Grandfather didn't take one drink of the coffee. And he looks down at the coffee, and he sees this little rumbling in the coffee, and he says, son, get up. The train will be here in six minutes. He goes, what? Get up. Go to the tra train depot. To be here in six minutes. And he goes and he got the train. 
The following morning, he picks up to what his grandfather said, and he goes and just immediately goes and sits down, and he says, Grandpa, is it time for coffee? He says, not yet, almost. And he calls his grandson, you ready for coffee? I'm ready for coffee. Sit down. And now the grandson's looking at the coffee, and he sees it begin to rumble. He says, Grandpa, I got to go. The train will be here in six minutes. He runs. He goes through the train. He catches the train again. And now it's Saturday, and they sit down again to have coffee. And he goes, Grandpa, I got to know. How did you figure this out? How did you figure out that from the rumbling in your coffee, the train would be here in six minutes? He says, it takes me five minutes to get to the train depot. He says, when I was younger, I was a young boy. He goes, I, I, I didn't drink coffee. But my dad would send me out to the train tracks. And he would tell me, we're going to start walking. And when you know the train is nearby, I want you to cry out for us. And the little boy, this is a grandfather when he was young, said, how do I do that, father? And he says, you put your ear to the tracks. And you're going to start hearing vibrations in the tracks. And when you hear the vibration in the tracks, you're going to look up, and the birds are going to fly off the trees. And when the birds fly off the trees, about 30 seconds later, you're going to see the steam from the train come around the corner. Yell out for us, we'll be at the train depot, we'll sit up, and we'll get on the train. And the grandfather said, I learned how to listen to the train. And I became so acute to listening to the train that I figured out that if I'm at home, that same vibration I hear in the tracks, I could see in the coffee. He said, grandson, I want to give you this lesson, and I hope that you hear me well. He says, what? He says, it's good that you've learned new things. It's good that you have your phone. Change is hard as well. Things that have occurred are rough. But if you can learn to listen to God the same way you listen for that train, you'll get yourself through any season, not too early, not too late, but right on time. And every morning until his grandfather died, they had coffee at the table. And when the young boy grew up, he showed it to his child, and he said, Listen for the tracks. Listen for the train. Pay attention to what's happening. And you'll never be too late. And you'll never be too early. Why did I read this scripture? Because if you think about this story first, we gather that something is, is occurring that is interesting, and that is that it's astounding to the grandson that the, father, uh, that the grandfather was so acutely aware of something that wasn't there yet but was coming. The grandfather knew the signs of what was going to come before the thing that he needed to be on would arrive. In this story, Ezekiel in chapter 37, if we go one chapter before it, we discover that uh, Israel is about to crumble. It's about to be taken into captivity. If we go one chapter after verse 37 into verse 38, we see the battle of Gog and Magog. We go into 39, you see the restoration of Israel. And 37 is what is called the pivot point of this history. Let me, let me give you just a little bit as we open up. And that is that Ezekiel, who is a prophet, let's call him grandpa. And his job as a prophet of God is to hear and listen for the things that God is saying before it happens. 
When we speak of prophetic ministry or prophetic work, and we often wonder, how is it that God would demonstrate himself or use himself this way through certain people? It's not because the person is special. It's because the person has learned to listen to the signs. Listen to what God is saying before he speaks. Now let, 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 me, let, let me stop there for a second because many times we are in these situations, right? God, where are you? God, why are you quiet? God, why are you silent? God, why are you not speaking? And if I would, I'll enter that analogy. He's speaking through the coffee. He's speaking through the tracks. And let me stop there for a second. And, and with this, I want to set this passage up. One of the, if we were to talk about the top five issues of contemporized Christianity, and I use that phraseology a lot for a reason. Because contemporary means middle. Contemporary means not too hot, not too cold. There's another word for that. It's called lukewarm. And American Christianity, of course, I'm not talking about here. I'm talking about the contemporary system has in many respects tried to figure out a way so that it's not too hot because if it's too spiritual, people won't come. We can't fall out no more. That don't look right. We can't dance in the spirit. That's too weird. It's too hot. Oh. We can't speak in tongues too loud or run the aisles. That's for the crazies now. We can't be too hot because the seeker, the one who does not know what hot looks like, might get burned and never come back. So we see, with, is it all right if we preach straight today? You, you know why? Because at the end of this, we need to prophesy. So if it gets too hot, people might not like that too much. We're good with Pentecostalism, but we, we get a little awkward when we have to experience Pentecost. So, so let's not stand or sit near the hot person. Let's stand near the warm person. Maybe if we don't know who the warm person is. Let's leave that there for a second. If everyone goes and sits by you, and you ain't the hot one. <laughs> See, no one wants to sit near the cold one either. You know why? Because when it's too cold, then you can't get the minimum of what you came for. I, I, I feel like preaching this morning. I'm sorry. Is, is it all right if we preach? I, I got to figure out how to do this in a different continent in about five days. So I'm going to preach in straight English today if that's all right. A little bit later on this week, it's the... The accent's going to change just a little bit. <laughs> it works. It works and they appreciate it. Only Americans get offended by that, trust me. You go to India, I'm not going to say God is that good. I'm going to say God is the most amazing God. And they'll love it. They'll love it. <laughs> I, told, I told Tree, I don't need to take any other shirt. I have all my Nepalese shirts with the nice, trust me. My problem ain't going to be getting India into India. My problem's going to be getting out of India. I'm already their color. <laughs> but if it's too cold, so you, you ever, if you go somewhere where it's too cold, or if you, 
you, you live a life that's too cold, or if you're around people that are too cold, then it's not Christian enough for us. But, but we don't want it more than cold because we want to be hot. We want it more than cold so that we'll feel okay. So, so pastor, do us a favor, and, and we need you to say Jesus uh, so that it's warm, but don't cast out devils because that's hot. And the visitor might not like that because it's too hot. Uh, don't call out sin. It's too hot. That's, don't, don't, don't preach about my lifestyle or don't preach about my decisions or don't preach about what I'm watching or listening to or, or don't preach about my politics or my way of living. That's too hot. Do, do me a favor and just... Just preach warm. Preach about the Jesus that, that needs me to be saved but won't send me to hell at the same time. Preach about the Jesus that wants me to be happy but's never unhappy with me. Preach about that Jesus. Give me the warm one. Give me the warm one that's like a nice hug or like God in the summer. Just warming up. Give me a warm Jesus because a warm Jesus doesn't sit on a throne. He comes and he sits with me. A warm Jesus is not the judge and the jury. He's just the advocate. A warm Jesus is not my Lord or my Savior or, or, the, or the Redeemer or the Sovereign One. He's my homeboy. He's a bracelet I wear that says WWJD. He's something on my t-shirt. He's something that makes me feel good on Sundays. Give me the warm Jesus. Don't give me the hot one. Don't give me the one that says that I need to be holy. Don't, don't, don't give me the one that says, even if I think it in my mind, I've committed adultery. Don't give me that, Jesus. Give me the Matthew chapter 5, Jesus, and let's stay there. Let's not go to Matthew chapter 7, because in 5, he says, blessed are the meek. But in 7, he says, I'll cast you away from my presence. Don't, don't say that, Mingo, because the visitors won't like that. That's a hot Jesus. It's... It, are we clear for takeoff? Don't give me the hot Jesus because the hot Jesus says that I can't live any way I want. Don't give me the hot Jesus because hot Jesus offends transsexuals. I didn't write it. It's in his book. I didn't write it. It's in his book. No, the warm Jesus is a Republican. I know, I know. We're in Arizona, too. Some people are like, you don't do that. You don't do that. <laughs> Let me tell you something. There ain't a law in the world that will save you. Only a hot. See, here's the thing. With a hot Jesus, it hurts, but the sin burns up. See, you might not want a hot Jesus, but you need a hot Jesus. Uh-huh. We, we, the hot one, might, it might be like walking out with no AC in the middle of August, right? We don't need that. But if you go at the right time, it's actually good for your bones. So we don't want the hot Jesus, but we need the hot Jesus. And, and, and what we've done, and, and, and I'm not saying we as in us in the building. I'm saying we collectively is that we've pulled away from the things that warm us up, that make us hot. If I may, can I? Uh, See, statistically speaking, most American Christians now have a 45-second prayer life. 
They have a 45-second prayer life. Why? Because that's about as long as we pray during the service. Hold on. Let me explain it before we're triggered. <laughs> Look, you don't come to here to establish a prayer life. Here we come to worship. See, the altar, let, let, if, just give me a second. It, I know it's hot, but it's going to get hotter, so hold on. See, the altar used to be a place of sacrifice. Now it became a place where you get warmed up. Well, if, if I don't serve God, if I don't pray during the week, if I don't live for God, as long as I go to the altar, I can put my hands on the fire, get around some other God-fearing people that are actually hot, and I can, ooh, yeah. When you walk away, ooh, did you feel that? Ooh. Man, I felt the Holy Look at my, look at the hairs on my arm. I felt the Holy Ghost. That's, that's the warm touch. The hot touch, the last thing you're going to be worried about is the hair on your arms. See, I miss, I miss, can I, can I say this for a second? I, I'm, I'm getting a little bit older. I'm 45 years old, so I'm new school. And in some ways, I'm old school. See, I, I, I want the ability to be able to look and know when something's going to happen. I like organization. I like programming. I like that there's systems. I like that we know what we're doing. There shouldn't be disorganization. God is not the author of confusion. But let's not get it twisted. Those are not the things that bring the heat. Your program can get us closer to each other, but the program won't get us closer to God. Only the heat gets us closer. Oh, I need some old school people. See, we don't know about all the programs, but I remember that before we talked to anybody, when we walked in the church, before we started seeing all everybody was doing or how your job is, or if you got your new car, I remember in the day we just walked, you couldn't talk to anybody. You came, you set your stuff down. You came, you walked in, and you got on your knees at the altar because it's a place of sacrifice. And you said, I don't care how cold I was throughout the week. I need to be hot in the church. Uh, we say, how come we don't experience Holy Ghost fire? Because we have too many people coming with mittens and not enough people coming with logs, baby. I need some people that bring some fire with you. Come on. This ain't the place where you get hot. This is the place where you bring heat. The Bible says I will enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with I need a couple of people that say you can stay warm. I need to bring the heat. I need to bring the heat into the house. Of I know, I know, I know, I know. Mingo, just keep it warm. No, I'm sick of warm. You know why? Because nothing tastes good warm. Coffee tastes good hot. And coffee tastes, well, for wives, coffee tastes good cold. But don't nobody like coffee that's neither hot nor cold? But, but watch, watch, watch. We've got warm people. See, what happens when we don't stay sensitive? What happens when we're not hearing God? What happens? You, you want to know what the grandfather learned to do when he was young? Let's just do it. You know what he learned to do? You don't he listened to tracks on your feet. 
Why did he give such good advice? Because he learned on his knees. He learned on his knees. And the best advice, the best wisdom you're going to get isn't from someone who learned how to stand right. The best wisdom you're going to get is somebody who learned how to bow down and listen for what thus saith the Lord. That's why the first response to anything is, what do you think I should do? The first response is, have you prayed about it? See, that's the hot Jesus. The warm Jesus would be, oh, you're okay. You're going to be all right. Just keep doing what you're doing. What you were doing got you in that mess. We don't need it. We don't need a warm church. It's accepted in society, but it's rejected from God. Can I be straight up? There's going to be a lot of churches that wonder what happened the day after the rapture. There's going to be a lot of churches that wonder what happened. Why? Why? Did? Why are we still here? Because the Jesus you wanted isn't the Jesus that was coming for you. You were too early or you were too late. We need the fire of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In our lives. Let me get to this, but let me say this. I was actually saying this to Ali on the way over here, and we we're listening to some music. And, and, and you know, I'm, an old, I'm, I'm a gospel guy, right? I like gospel music, right? I, I, I just love, like, I dream in E-flat. That ought, for musicians, that ought to tell you. You know what I mean? And I know there are some musicians now with their, their ripped jeans or their cute haircuts. Like, what's E-flat? Oh, my God. Like, that would get you through church when you were not Tina, right? That was 80% of our songs, right? Slow song, E-flat. Fast song, E-flat. Bump, E-flat. If you don't know what bump is, bump it. E-flat, no problem. You know why? Because it wasn't about the note. It was about the fire. Say, I, I, I don't care how good the song sounds. Is it attracting the fire of the Holy Ghost? Uh, we, we, we could preach about that for a little bit. But I was telling Ali, I said, you know what? I, I, I don't really have a problem with the styles of, of some of the music now. I, I, there's songs I actually like. But then you, you hear this emotionalism. And it's a substitute for the fire of the Holy Ghost. It is, and that's just a microcosm of a macro issue. Well, you know, if we sing this song and it's going to be about us, you know, I have favor. Yes, you do. But you're not God's favorite. I have blessing. Sure you do. But would you serve him without it? I have abundance. Okay, congratulations. But would you still be faithful if you lost it all? And, and, and I told her, I think the mistake is, Ellie is that they're going, they're trying to go higher instead of going deeper. To go higher, all you got to do is hike. To go deeper, you better take out a shovel and start digging. And the issue with many, many times with us, the reason, and it's getting to this, let me get to that in a second, is that we're afraid of the heat. See, many things that we actually need, many things we think we need to counsel, we actually need to pray about. I know this ain't popular, but it's all right. God's got my back on this one. 
Yeah, it's all right. We'll get the amens when we need them. But God's like, keep saying it because some people, you, you may not think that's the case, but if you just learn to pray, and I mean, seek God's face. I mean, seek his face. Let me tell you this. Oh, oh, oh. You could hear it. If, if it's cold in the winter, does noise make you warm? If you're cold spiritually, does more noise make you warm? No. You need the fire of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, you know I'll, I'll, I'll say it in this respect. It's interesting because I, I think that many, you know, many times on this level, on the natural level, we receive that. We say, yes, I need more Holy Ghost. Yes, I need more heat. But can I say this? The devils that are, are, that are attacking you in your life hate this message right now. They hate it. Because they're going, no, no, no. If, look, look, here, here's what you do, you know. Joe Churchgoer, if they don't have the right program for you and you're struggling to serve God, just go to that church. They'll have a better program for you. You think that's the problem? If you had the fire of God in your life, if you had the power of God in your life, if you had a prayer life, you could worship him under a tree. I, I can actually say that because this week I'm going to be preaching under a tree. It's not the program, it's the heat. Now, let me get to that. Watch. God speaks to Ezekiel. And in this situation, he asks him a question. The hand of the Lord came upon me. The hand of the Lord cannot come upon something that's warm. You might have a word, but that ain't going to be God's word if it ain't coming from the fire of the Holy Spirit. God, I got a new word for you. Yep, not the one I want to hear because if it ain't in that gospel, all I need is the fire of his word. I don't need your word. He said this, the, the, that it was upon him. Put that scripture up real quick. He says, the hand of the Lord came upon me and watched this and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. Are you getting where I'm at? God can use things that aren't spiritual. I know, I know. I know. Look, his hand was on him and then his spirit guided him. What do we hear now? Well, the program was with me and my feelings were there. And then we wonder why we have a good church service, but then we leave and we struggle in life. Well, I don't understand why I still, I'm still having marital issues. I don't understand why I'm still having trouble on my job. I don't know why my kids are still battling. I don't know why my, funny, my money is still funny. I don't, and you know what? You might be broke. That don't mean that you're not blessed. Money ain't the marker. Jesus told the rich man, sell all that you owe and give it to the poor and take up your cross and follow me. And the rich man went home with his money. I heard someone say this yesterday. I love YouTube, and I was watching a YouTube video, and he said, it says it this, I have it above all things that you would prosper. Prosper means move forward. Prosper didn't mean get money. See, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't Jesus that promised them money. It was Satan that promised them riches. So he says this, the hand of the Lord is upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. Anything that is powerful in your life that is going to happen in your relationship with God, let me say it this way, is not going to happen until the Spirit of God is on you and He's the one who carries you into it. Why is that? 
Why? Watch, watch. You're going to go, well, brother, you can't judge me. No, watch. Actually, there's something in there. The book of Romans says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk after the Spirit. Oh, you're going, Migo, are you telling me that if I'm not a spiritual person, I can be judged? I'm not saying you can be. I'm saying you will be. That's what the word says. So if, if it's the spirit of God that's on me and he's carrying me out. Oh, God, I just need to say this real quick. If you need to go and there's a situation you need to handle, why not start with getting a hold of God and letting the spirit of God lead you? Oh, my, there, there are, are things and seasons and issues and trials and tribulations through our lives. And I'm just saying, I'm not even saying this as a preacher. I'm just saying this as a husband and a father that I didn't have the answer, but God did. And I had to swallow my pride and I had to swallow my carnality and I had to swallow this flesh and get on my knees and seek the presence of God. And I tell you what, even if I didn't walk out with an answer, I knew everything was going to be all right. Come on, I need some spiritual people in the house that you said, I don't know the answer, but I know who the answer is. Oh, my God. He might not give me the answer, but if he's the answer, then I know I'm going to be all right as long as I can. See, we need some old school prayer words that pray like Indian, like Indians did for rain. Why did Indians have 100 percent success rate? Because they didn't stop until it rained. We're too quick to give up on God. We're too quick to give up on, on the spirit of, well, if you don't solve my problem today, I'm leaving. God's like, just keep seeking me. You're learning something in the hour. Is it tough? Is it hard right now? Is it difficult? Do you need to cry? Don't cry to your friends. Cry on your knees. Isn't it amazing? There are some people you wonder if they ever do suffer. You look at them, I wonder if they suffer because they never show it. You're going, man, they never show that they're suffering. Can I tell you this? The joy of the Lord is my strength. So there will be times that I'm suffering. There will be times that I'm hurting. There will be times where I feel down. There will be times that I'm taking punches. But you may not see it. You know why? Because I do all my crying on my knees. I do all my suffering on my knees. And then when I get up, I said, you know, oh, my God. When I get up, I said, to live is Christ and to die is my gain. When I get up, I say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. When I get up, I'm going into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. I'm going to pray on my knees so I I can shout on my feet baby come on I need somebody that says you don't see me praying in my closet you don't see me crying in my car you see me praising in the church but I praise in the church because I cry by myself uh-huh when you see people coming to the church and they're defeated and crying I need to ask if you're still holding back those tears from God you're still holding back that trial from God you don't know what I've been going through, but God does. You don't know what I've been facing, but God does. Well, can I talk to you? Have you talked to him? Because you go come talk to me and then I'm going to go talk to him. Is it, it, that's, that's the thing that sometimes people don't understand about spiritual advisors. Is that you, you think we're just going to give you the answer. It's like, well, you ever get that one, Pastor? We're like, Pastor, what do you think? You're like, can I pray about it for a week? Wait, what? What do you mean a week? Well, you haven't, somebody's got to pray about this. Well, maybe you don't say it. I'm an evangelist. He's a pastor. <laughs> you know, amen. 
I love the pastoral nod is the best one, huh? I love. I love it. There's a whole sentence. Oh wait, and then and then this one. Mm-hmm. And it goes through your head. I should shut up right now, huh? But I can't. I can't shut up because it's pastor. He's listening now. So I got to finish the story, right? Just like that. Look, just like that. <laughs> just like that. He's like, yep, sermon 13 in the books, locked and loaded. We're ready to go. And if you're wondering that week if that message is for you, yes, it was. It's been marinating in prayer. Ta. Look, <laughs> said the Spirit of the Lord was upon me and sat me down in the midst of a valley that was full of bones. See, if you start with the presence of God, you can go into a valley. But don't wait until you're in a valley to go to God. But if you are in a valley, cry from the valley. He'll hear you there as well. But you see this. He, he, Ezekiel is brought into a desolate situation. And watch. It is the will of God. That he goes there. Oh, my Lord. I told you I was going to hurt the warmest for a second. The warmest don't go. The warmest the will rebuke the devil instead of saying yes to God. We hear, get, give that up. You're like, lying devil. You don't belong in that relationship. The devil is a liar. Yeah. We're rebuking the enemy. Because we haven't learned how to hear God. Oh. And we continue in a warm life. And instead of being obedient to God, we're actually praising the enemy for our struggle. Because it's warm. Yeah. See, at a certain point, discernship is, is, is are we okay? Discernship is, is something interesting. Because the devil will talk and will think it's us. Or we'll think it's him. But when God talks, we only know that through discernment. You're going, well, no, no, I know when God's speaking to me. I'm not going to question whether or not you believe God is speaking to you. But I may question whether or not he is. Well, God just told me this. And somebody else is like, well, I just talked to God a second ago. Right? How, how, how do we know that, he, at least in some cases, it's not God? I love it with the relationship. We work with a lot of young people. You hear young people. I believe it's the will of God that I'm with them. Three months later, it wasn't God's will. <laughs> right? So what was it? Was it the will of God or was it wasn't? I don't think it was her will. <laughs> it's like, he's like, lying devil. I'm like, nah, bro, you're just not that good looking. And you didn't understand how the scale worked. Y'all mad at me, but you know it's true. You're looking at your spouse right now. You're like, you know I was the higher number, right? You, I know I'm married up. I, 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 I know. I know. I'm a six. Like today, I'm probably a 5.8. She's all, you look good today. She's all, how do I look? You look amazing every day. Every day. <laughs> but watch. 
Watch. It's better to have the presence of God and then go through a valley than it is to end up in a valley and then cry out for the presence of God. Because watch, watch. If you have the spirit of God in your life and you go through a valley, when you cry out, he knows you. But if you wait till you're in a valley and then you cry out to God, you might go, who's this again? Well, I'm in trouble and you're a God who answers me. No one said I had to. There, there's, there's, there's the misstep in our relationship with God is that we think he has to answer. Right? He has. You're going to heal me. God's like, really? Really? Who's the God here? No, no. I'm going to live how, however I want. And then God, you're going to still answer me the exact same way. Good? Clear? Good? God's like, yeah, all right, bro. No, God's giving the pastor face. God, okay. Oh. <laughs> Can I give you a little inside track? Let me give you some inside track. If, if, if pastor asks you how you're doing and, and you're not doing very good, you don't say, great. You just go, you know what, pastor? Sometimes God knows, and he knows. And, and really, how you're doing, the question itself, we're going to get to that, is really an answer in the form of a question. How are you doing? You know you're not doing good. Like, well, let's, let, let's go to that. Watch this. Watch. L look what he tells him. Look what he tells him. Come on, face ID. Look at it. So the hand of the Lord was upon me. Let's go to the next scripture. Look, and he caused me to pass all around them, and behold, there were very many in an open valley, and indeed they were very dry. Here's a reality. There's going to be hard situations in life. We are not. The, the Bible says that the sun both rises and sets. It rises and sets on both the righteous and the wicked. So you're going, how come they're blessed and they don't serve you? And how come I'm struggling and I'm serving you? How, how come they have everything they need and they don't live for you and they live in sin? And how come you're blessing my boss but you're not blessing me? God's like, that's not me, that's them. Well, how come I'm not blessed? Because you still think you need it. God, how come you haven't given it to me? Because you don't need it and you don't know it. And we know when we put our ears to the presence of God. Look, 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 look at everyone who, if you look, if you go back and you see Solomon in his early years, of course, or, or you see Moses or you see Abraham and, and, and God will ask, what do you want? And you want to know what they say? All of them say the same thing. I want to know you. I want wisdom. How do we answer when God asks, what do, you, what, what do you desire? Oh, where do I start? Okay, perfect, awesome. Oh, God's like, wait, 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 wait. Wait, you're asking for things on the mountaintop. You're not asking for the thing that helps you in the valley. Oh, my God. Why is it that we pray for the things on the mountaintop? Give me the bigger house. Give me the better car. Give me the better job. 
Give me more blessing. Give me more money. Give me more increase. Uh, let my family, let everything be okay. And God's like, I need you to ask for the things that will keep you in the valley. Oh, come on, man. That's what I'm saying. That's why prayer matters. Because prayer brings the discernship to those things. When we lack that, we go, oh, no, you know, if God really, if God really loves me, he's going to give me this and he's going to give me that. And it's like, how about that? He really loves me. And in spite of anything I may or may not have, it doesn't matter. But here's the part I want you to get. He takes him into the situation. Not only is it a valley of dry bones, he's like, yeah, it's very dry. It is dead. Can I ask you this question? Oh, my God. I know it's a little tough, but I, I love you. Just let it come out. That lukewarm relationship with God, how's it going to happen? How's that going to work when we're in a valley with dead things? See, all of a sudden, the fire mattered. Oh, my God. All of a sudden, all those days with our arms crossed comes back. All of a sudden, all those Sundays where we just sat there and, and halfway listened and sat. See, can I just, this is just me personally, right? I don't know how anybody could be sitting on your phone looking at social media during church. How dare you? How dare you? I'm not saying that to our church. I'm saying that to some other church. But if it's applicable and quacks, you're going to tell me that something somebody drank or ate is more important than the word of God right now? And then you wonder why your attitude stinks. I, I'm sorry. We could be tough. Is that okay? Then we wonder why your attitude stinks and you can't get along with people. You can't even receive the word of God. So you wonder why you're suffering. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the word of God. If you can't even sit through the word of God, we know you don't pray. That's guaranteed. The easiest place you should ever have to hear the word is in the church. See, look, and if you won't hear what God's saying, you'll probably hear what the enemy's saying the second you walks out. Oh, my God. I don't know why I'm struggling. Why don't you put that dumb thing down for a second and listen to the word of God? That didn't that ain't cost nothing. Look, pastor's like, easy. But then he's like, no, but it's right. It's right, though. It's right, though. <laughs> Remember, though, I'm glad we don't have to, I, I love our ushers. You guys are so awesome. Can we give them a round of applause? I love these ushers. I love them. They're like a, they're like a mix between old school and new school. Know what I mean? Like, they're, they're cool. They're cool. I like them. Remember the old school ushers? Yeah, there, some, some young people would be like, I'm going to hell. This is too hard. Older people, remember the old school ushers? Ushers were like other parents. Remember that? Remember Sister Yasmin, the first time she ushered here? She came, white shirt, black skirt, down to her ankles. I was looking for the yardstick. I'm like, I ain't chewing gum that day, man. Nope. Remember how she came? She had her hands over her gloves. She walk up, just look at you. You just sat up, right? That's that old school. And I was waiting for it just one time. Like, Come on, let me have it. Come on, let me have it. I didn't even have gum. I felt like I needed to put gum in so I could spit it out and put it in her glove. I can't stand the heat no more. You asked me how to pull it back. So, oh, y'all ain't ready for that one. Tina, she was ruthless. Everybody prayed that day when she was usher. She's coming by. Hurry up. Let's get to it. It is dry, but look. It's the dry seasons. 
It's the dead seasons. It's the hard seasons. I am preaching to your good times. I want to preach in some valleys for a second. It's going to be easy to serve God in the good times. It's going to be easy to serve God when you get what, what you asked him for. It's going to be easy. That's not hard. That's a good praise. That's an easy praise. Oh, you got that new job? Awesome. And you go up and you thank God for that. When's the last time you shouted when you lost it? Oh, my God. Uh, somebody ought to confuse the enemy and say, yeah, I'm in a valley right now. But you want to know what happens in a valley? When I shout, the sound goes further. Come on, you can shout from a mountaintop, and it can only be heard up there, but shout from the valley, baby, and the whole, oh, my God. I wish I had some old school people that say, though he slay me, yet will I. I wonder if anybody got a valley shout in them right now. Come on, why don't you confuse the enemy for a second and say, I'm tore up from the floor up, and yeah, I'm in the valley, but I'm shouting in the valley today. Hey, say, I'm going to shout from the valley. Because I'm not waiting for the valley to find God. Because I have God. I can praise him in the middle of a storm. I can praise him in the middle of a valley. Come on. Come on. We don't need some cute new school Christians right now. We need some old school people that said, I'll shout when I'm fired. I'll shout when I'm broke. I'll shout when everything's crazy. Say, yeah, because I come from his spirit. I can shout in the valley. I wish we had about 50 people. I know we ain't perfect. I know some of y'all sitting down. You need to be worshiping God right now. You need to find your voice again in the valley. Come on, take 30 seconds and just let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Just 30, thank you, brother. Just 30 seconds, shout in the middle of the valley. <laughs> hey, say, I'm not walking through the valley without God. I'm walking with him, so I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I need somebody to say, I have every reason to stay quiet, but I'm going to shout in the valley. I have every reason to sit down, but I'm going to stand up. I'm going to have every reason to shut up, but I'm going to speak up. I need some valley praises for a second. We need some valley worshipers that have confused the enemy. We need some valley worshipers. And the devil goes, what do I got to do to shut this person up? Say, oh, see, I had an encounter with God. His spirit was upon me. So when I'm in the valley, come on, come on. You and God sit down yet. You want to know what real, what real believers do when they're in the valley? They bring others out of the valley with them. Uh-huh. The enemy's like, I got you in the middle of a valley. Oh, devil, you done messed up now. Because I know there's somebody else down there. And I got an answer for them. God, if I got to go through the valley, let me bring somebody else out with me. If I got to go through the fire, let me bring somebody else out with me. You want to know how we get to a thousand souls? BFAC? We start being vocal people in the middle of the valley. We start being vocal in the middle of the valley. Pastor, I don't get it. You're going through this issue. You're going through that. Yeah, but you see this joy still on my life? My joy ain't got nothing to do with my conditions. My joy ain't got nothing to do with my job situation. My joy ain't got nothing to do with my financial situation. 
my joy has everything to do that I've been in his presence. I've seen the firmament of his power. I beheld his glory in the temple. Come on, I want to old school this baby for a second. Come on, I need some old school tongue talking. Devil stopping, I'll swinging people. Don't worry, you ain't going to freak them out. They're going to see that there's joy in your life that this world can't take away. They're going to see that there's peace in your life that this world can't take away from you. Oh, Jesus. I hope. I'm stopping here for a second because somebody been a little too quiet in your valley experience. Said, but Migo, you don't understand. I've been rejected. I've been cast away. They told me I was no good. They didn't want to be with me anymore. Oh, baby, just shout in the valley. Shout in the valley. Shout in the valley. Shout in the valley. But you don't know. I just want to crawl up and just shout in the valley. God hears you from the valley. But he don't want me no more. They don't want you to shout in the valley. Remind yourself that it's not the valley you're with, it's God. I say this in the fear of the Holy Ghost. There's somebody right now, you've been battling with a depression in your life. And the devil is saying that he's got you beat. And God is saying, if you could just find your praise in the valley, you will confuse the attack of the enemy. And those devils are going to have to take their hands off of your heart and off of your mind because the plan's not working. They're going to have to go back and figure something out. Say, because when you attack me, I shout louder. When you attack me, I praise more. When you attack me, I dance more. When you attack me, I sing more. Let's get this wrapped up. Let's get this wrapped up. And he passed them over very dry bones. In verse 3, he says this. And here is where I want us to draw from. Look at verse 3. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? Hmm. He knew the answer. Keep playing, bro. You're good. You're doing awesome. I love your chords. He asked Ezekiel an answer he already knew. See, the devil doesn't know everything. The enemy is not omniscient, but we treat him like he is. The devil is also not omnipresent, but we treat it like he is. The devil is also not omnipotent, but sometimes we act like he is. But God, on the other hand, see, what I'm getting at is that the enemy can ask a question and it is really a suggestion. When the serpent desired to beguile Eve, he said, if you partake of this fruit, will you really die? He didn't know the answer. God said, if you partake of this fruit, you shall surely die. Oh, come on now. This is why we need to know the voice of God. This is why we need to be in the fire, baby. This is why we need to be where the heat is. You know why? (laughs) Because if we stay out in the warm, then the devil's talking and we start treating him almost like we treat God. The devil's like, you're nothing. So you're like, I'm nothing. The devil's like, you'll fail. So you're like, I'll fail. And because you don't know the voice of God, you think his voice is the final voice. Your marriage is over. My marriage is over. 
Your kids are going to leave. My kids are going to leave. You can never come back. I could never come back. Just keep playing something in the back. You're doing a good job, by the way. You are. He plays. I'm waiting for him to walk up with a cello and just start playing a cello. This kid plays everything. That's good. God's going to use you greatly. And if I were to prophesy right now, it ain't going to stop at that instrument. Oh, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. See, when you become a willing vessel, let me keep going. That's why we got to stay close to the heat. You know why? Watch this. Because when God speaks, his question isn't answered. Oh, my God. Oh, no, no, no. I, I thought somebody was going to get that. I thought somebody was going to get that. Look, 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 look. Look, when the enemy says, can you be delivered? That's a question. But when God says, can you be delivered? That's a question and an answer. When the, when the devil's like, are you going to die? He doesn't know whether or not you're going to live or die. But when God says, can you be healed? It's a question and an answer. When the devil says, are you defeated? It's just a question and a suggestion. But when God says, can you be victorious? It's a question and an answer. Come on, somebody. That's why you got to let God speak into your life. It could be the same question, but it's an all-knowing, omniscient God that says, can you be set free? But when God says it, it's a question and an answer. Can these bones live? Son of man, can these... I, I, I wonder what you're going through right now. And I, I, I hope you let God ask the question. See, well, I'm battling in my marriage. Let God ask the question. Can your marriage be good again? My kids don't want to serve God. Let God ask the question. Can your kids serve God again? Look, look, look what he says. Give me that scripture. Give me that scripture. Watch, watch. Oh, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Watch. Son of man, look. Can these bones live? Look what Ezekiel says. He confesses the omniscience of God. Why? Because he knew what the heat was like. See, when God poses a question to you, you respond first in the faith of his omnipotence, of his omniscience, of his sovereignty. Oh, it's, I know vroom, some of us missed that, huh? Look, that means when God asks you a question, the first thing you do before you even answer the question is you answer the answer. Oh, what? What are you talking about, Mingo? Look, before you answer the question, answer the answer. Who's God? He's the answer. So you answer the answer. If he says, God, if he tells you, hey, can you be delivered? God, only you know. Watch, watch. Oh, Lord God, you know. You know. You. We're we going to get some preaching stuff right here. Let's wrap this up. Did you know Ezekiel, when he answers that question, it, watch this. It's a pre-concluded, all-inclusive answer. Watch. He says, oh, Lord God. Let's listen to the, to the translation of what he says. In Spanish, it's Señor, right? The one I obey. And God, right, is the one I bow to. So when he says, son of man, can these bones live? He says, you're the one I bow to and you're the one I serve. So you're the one who knows. And Ezekiel knew why. Because if you're in the middle of a storm and God's like, hey, do you believe that you can be delivered? This is what your response should be. Well, if anybody knows, it's the alpha and it's the omega. If anybody knows, it's the first 
and the last. If anybody knows, it's the beginning and the end. If anybody knows, it's you, God. My Elohim, my El Shaddai. See what happens? At that point, the answering the question doesn't matter as much as answering the answer. Ah, no, 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 no. Uh, you think they got it, Tim? You think they got it? Look, look, look. It almost doesn't matter what the question is. If you know who the answer is. Oh, I, I need somebody to shout with that for a second. Why do you think Moses said, give me wisdom? Why do you think Abraham said, give me wisdom? Why do you think Solomon said, give me wisdom? Because if I know who the answer is, it doesn't matter what the question is. It doesn't matter what the issue is. It doesn't matter what the struggle is. It doesn't matter what the trial is if you answer the answer. See, God sometimes will ask us something and we won't answer him. We'll just answer the air. He's going to say, can I heal your marriage? And you're like, I really hope he can. God's like, yo, 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 yo. I asked the question. But we can't answer him sometimes because we don't know what it sounds like yeah. right right we're looking at the phone instead of looking at the coffee we got our, our feet at the depot but we don't have our ear to the tracks so we continue watch to cry out to God too early oh we get there too late we're running. I, I, I can't deal with this. I, I, you know, I, I need an answer right now, Carlos. I need God to answer right now. You're here too early. You're here too early. God's like, you're here too early. Pastor, I, I'm in the middle of a storm. I, pull me out of the storm. You're here too early. I'm trying to teach you a lesson. Some of us aren't going through trials because the enemy designed it. Some of us are going through trials because God's trying to teach you about timing. God's trying to teach you about how he works. There used to be a song from Walter Hawkins. What was it? He may not come when you want him, but he's right on time. Told you. E flat. Watch. But he's trying to teach us. It's not the valley that matters. It's the answer. Oh. Can we just get, just, just, re I'm actually going to teach this to some pastors. I have a hundred pastors we're going to be teaching in Nazamabad on Friday. Excuse me, Saturday. I'm getting my Saturday in the evening. And they're in the middle of very, very hard persecution. Play something, bro. They're in the middle of, of, of losing their families, of being killed for the very thing that you, I'm going to preach to them the same message I'm preaching to you right now. The difference is, is that their homes are being burned down. The difference is, is that their churches are being set on fire. The difference is, and I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just saying if they can hear it, we should hear it. So watch. So watch. He tells them, son of man, can these bones live? You need to put yourself in a situation where you let God do the talking for a little bit. I talk a lot and sometimes we talk too much. He knows where we are. He knows what we're dealing with. He knows when he'll arrive. Well, God, where are you? What's going on? You're supposed to be here 
a year ago. Why am I still struggling with this? Why am I still battling with this? And you're like, I don't know what's going on. And, you know, when are you ever going to answer me? And, and why is my life still in this situation? I don't know what to do. God, come on. And God's like, there we go. When are you going to pull me out of this valley? Oh, perfect. Come on. Get closer. Get closer. God, is this ever going to change? Come on, come on. You're almost there. Most of us are about 18 inches away from our answer. You're not 18 years. You're 18 inches away. God, I don't know what to do. It's when we get our close to the answer that the valley no longer matters. Instead, in that still, small voice, in the stillness of the chaos, in the stillness of the pain, you start hearing him speak. Can these bones It's not until we're all the way at this place where we turned away from everything else that we say, oh God, Lord, only you know. Take me to the next verse. Watch this, watch this. Let's finish this up. How many dead situations have we dealt with in our lives that we could have had victory in we're going to learn how to listen to God. Well, you don't understand me. They, they don't like me. They're attacking me. They're, they're against me. No, 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 no. What are you doing? Stop looking at the bones. Start looking at God. You don't get it. I'm, I'm misunderstood and everything's wrong. And, you know, is there anybody there? And, and God's like, you stop looking at the bones. That's when we make contact with God. I need you to get this part. That now he speaks to you. And he's asking you the question. Can these bones live again? God, only you know. Look at, look at, look, look. Ah, oh, this is so powerful. There's such a revelatory truth in this passage. He says, watch this. He goes, and he said to me, prophesy to these bones. Oh, my God. Bones can't hear. Bones ain't got no ears. Bones have no breath in their lungs. No eyes to see, no heart pumping blood. But when God speaks, look at, look, watch. When God speaks first, you'll speak powerfully. There's no power in our words unless it's God who speaks in us. And then when we speak, there's power. Oh, we don't got enough to, oh my God. Why does God use that man? It's not because he's great. It's because he's hearing God first. And when God speaks, when you speak, there's power. Can I say this with all love and compassion? Just because you come to church doesn't mean you're a powerful believer. We're glad you're here. Keep coming. But that by itself won't do it. 
You got to let them speak in your life. You got to let them speak. You got to let them keep speaking. And when he speaks, put your ear closer to the tracks. God, keep speaking. God, keep speaking. God, keep speaking. If you're speaking, whenever I get up and I speak, what's good? look at what he says. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Oh, bones, hear the word of the Lord. Who's speaking? Ezekiel. What word is he speaking? God. You want to know why it hasn't changed yet? You're still using your words. You want to know why we haven't found victory over that? You're still using your words. You, you want to know why the home still hasn't come together? You're still using your words. You, you want to know why the marriage is still struggling? You're still using your words. You want to know why your ministry hasn't been able to do what it needs to do? Because you're still using your Use his words. Watch, watch, watch. He says, hear the word of the Lord. Next scripture. Let's finish up. Look what he says. He says this. Look. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause bread to enter into you and you shall live. See, the devil will never put a shell in his words because he doesn't know the outcome. God speaks with shall because when he says shall, he says, I declare it will. And when God speaks to you, I need someone to get this because you don't need to go home and cry tonight. You need to go home and prophesy to your house. <laughs> we don't need somebody to cry another night. We need you to put your ear to the track. Let God speak to you so that you can start prophesying over your situation. Amen. Is there anybody that needs something to live again? And God's like, let me put my word in you so that when you speak, you speak with my words. You speak with my authority. I tell you what, I ain't never seen a devil move using the word of Mingo. But I've seen many devils cast it out using the name of Jesus. I've never seen one person healed because of my charisma or my words. But we've seen thousands healed when God's word speaks. I need someone who is here that says, Mingo, I'm going through a valley, but I think something clicked. Come on. I, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen here in a second. See, this altar is an altar of sacrifice. And here's what I believe is going to happen right now. Is that as you begin to speak, look, there's one already. As you begin to prophesy God's word in your life, you can come to this altar and say, I'm killing it right here today. And it, and it will live again. My marriage will live again. My children serving God will live again. My home will live again. How, Mingo, do I move on? Let God speak. And then you speak to your situation. Can we all stand?